Tyler Kennedy has an interesting take on the Jake Gensel saga. We'll let you hear that. We'll react to it coming up in a couple of moments. Also, Mike Garofalo, one of the preeminent NFL insiders, says the Steelers' offseason may not go according to plan for one specific reason. We'll also get to that. But I, I told you in the last segment that I had an interaction with Richard Lewis, who sadly passed away yesterday. And so we're asking for your best celebrity encounters. Doran met the Candyman, not John Candelaria, and he had a witty response to something Doran said. What are your best ones? 412-928-9370. You can call us on the fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh Trusted Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Provider for over 50 years. Or you can text us, 412-928-9370, brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Some of these texts we've gotten so far are awesome. Here's one. On a U.S. air flight flying to LaGuardia, I had an opportunity to airbox with Muhammad Ali. That's unbelievable. That is amazing. That's really cool. I'm guessing that goes like this. Hey, man, huge fan. Can I take a picture with you? And he's like, I could do you one better. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. Oh. One of the most revered and hated for a time athletes of all time. That's like shooting hoops with MJ. Yeah, man, that's that awesome. Is, that is, that's a You're good playing one. horse with MJ, basically. That's, that's a good one. Jeez. Another texter. I met Ellen DeGeneres because I was a featured guest on her show. She also gave me 50K for Teacher Appreciation Day back in 2016. That's unreal, too. That is super cool. Good for you getting the 50K. Teachers deserve to be paid more money. Yes. There's my take for the day. There's a good show in LeBron James' executive, The Wall. Have you ever watched the show, The Wall, where they drop the big ball? I am familiar with it. And usually they have somebody who is a teacher or somebody who's done something good for to win money. I think there needs to be more game shows like that or even just shows where teachers get and people like firefighters, police, and they all get something from it. You have three kids. I have two. That's hard. Yeah. Now you've got 30 in front of you. Good luck. Good luck. And you might not have the funds... I know my wife is a speech therapist, and at a previous job, you have to pay for all the stuff. Like, that's not easy. Now you get a couple months off, but I don't know that that totally makes up for it. Here's another texture. I ran into Franco at PNC Bank in the Northern Hills. Northern Hills, they write. It was shortly after Pitt beat Penn State in the first game back in the series, and I was wearing my Pitt shirt. He held the door for me and joked about the game and getting it back the next year. I never forgot that moment. Hmm. Man, that's similar to the Richard Lewis thing because... He passed away. Mm -hmm. You will never forget stuff like that. I have a longtime family friend named Jeff, and he had a little daughter at the time. She's probably six years old. He was in a convenience store, and Troy Polamalu was in there. And so the little kid was like, oh, we got to meet Troy. You got to meet Troy. They wound up talking to Troy, and Troy was so nice. And then as they're walking away, the little girl turns to Jeff and goes, can you imagine if that was Sidney Crosby? Oh, my God. I have one more. I didn't interact with him, but I was in the Boston airport about five years after John Kerry lost the election, the presidential election, and John Kerry's just sitting there with his legs crossed reading a newspaper. He's just all alone, just all alone in the airport, and in a different universe, he'd have been a president, and for his entire life, he'd have to be surrounded by Secret Service guys. Wow. But he was taking a commercial flight just like the rest of us. Crazy to me. 412-928-9370. If you want to text in or call in your best celebrity encounters. Tyler Kennedy's a celebrity, one that I've pissed off. Here's what he said yesterday about trading Jake Gensel to the PM team. 
I don't think you can ever rebuild when he's playing this good and you have some other assets that are extreme. They're Hall of Famers, you know, with Malkin, you know, guys like that. I, I don't think, you know, you can fold right now and say, hey, we're going to start rebuilding. I know it sucks and it's going to hurt way down the road, but you owe it to Sid to try to make it to the playoffs this year. Okay, real quick, another texter. Troy Polamalu saw a pigeon poop on me in Market Square, and he laughed at me. <laughs> I've always thought that's odd that they say that's supposed to be good luck. Right. Getting pooped on by a bird brings you good luck. No, it doesn't. The bird pooped on me. My day is ruined. Yes. If a bird poops on me, I have to, whatever I'm doing, I drop it. I go home. I'm showering. I don't care if it didn't get on my skin. I'm out. All right. Now to Tyler Kennedy's comments. They owe it to Sid, he says, to try to make the playoffs this year. I get totally where TK is coming from. I do. I think they owe it to Sid, though, to do what's best for the franchise for his remaining years. I don't think you want to get yourself into trouble if you're Kyle Dubas putting all your eggs into this year's basket. There's no guarantee Jake Gensel is going to sign here. I don't think it's a good idea for him to sign here either way. But there's no guarantee he is. If there's no contract done around the deadline and you don't trade him and then he leaves for greener pastures, you have not done right by Sidney Crosby. You either need to keep him. Again, I don't agree, but I'm sure Crosby would like it. You either keep him, and that's the scenario, or you trade him and you accrue picks and prospects that might help you win in the coming Crosby years. But what cannot happen is you hold on to him for this year's playoff run. I think that's terribly short-sighted because you might lose him on the back end. They're not worried about the future, really. Neither is Crosby. Why would you? They're worried about right now. And they they think that they have a chance – and if they have any sliver of chance, they're going to try to do the best things to put the best roster in front of Cindy Crosby and around Cindy Crosby. They're not worried about two, three years from now. They're like, we have this nucleus right now. We're just trying to figure some things out. And we believe that, that we could turn over a new leaf at some point in the near future See, here with this roster. we got to keep Gensel. I, again, I understand what you're saying. I understand what Tyler Kennedy is saying. I think that when I talk about future, I mean just next year. Like, Two, three years down the road, what's Crosby going to be? Probably still pretty good because of the way he takes care of his body and how maniacal he is. Yeah, but how good is he right now, though? I know, but the mathematics of the thing, they scare me off a little bit. Like, you hold on to Gensel, but you might lose him this offseason. This is all predicated on them not giving him the extension, like, now. If you miss out on him on the offseason because you held on to him now to make a playoff run, the chances are very slim they're going to make it this year. Even if they start getting hot, they have to jump so many teams. I know they've got games in hand, but those teams would also have to fall back to earth, which is possible but not a likelihood. They're winning games right now and not climbing up in the standings all that much because of three-point games. I think doing right by Crosby doesn't mean chasing the carrot this year. Doing right by Crosby means surrounding him with the best roster for as many years possible. And I think the way that you do that is trade Jake Gensel. I understand what you guys are saying. I really understand what TK is saying here. You owe it to him. Win now. You're playing so well. I get it. I want as many shots at the title, to quote Paul Zeiss, as I can possibly get. And I think trading Gensel gives you more bites at that apple. That, uh, he probably gives you the best opportunity. What are you going to get back for him? I mean, everything. You know what you have in Jake Gensel. No, he's hurt right now, but you know what you have yeah. in him. 
what you get back might not pan out. So here's so you the, want to take a chance? Here's the asking price for Jake Gensel. I just saw this. Emily Kaplan, ESPN, in her Insider's piece yesterday. According to Kaplan, the Penguins want multiple first-round picks or a first-rounder and commensurate young talent in return. One rival GM was not thrilled with the price tag, saying, quote, I've heard the asking price on Gensel is multiple first-round picks or a first-round pick and equivalent in top prospect or roster player. One rival executive said the Gensel asking price is ridiculous. I think they're going to get it, though. I do. And you could argue two first-round picks, are those guys going to be able to help Sidney Crosby win? The answer to that is probably no. But if you've got multiple first-round picks, I'm not making all those picks if I'm Kyle Dubas. Let's say you got three then first-round picks mm-hmm. in this upcoming draft, or two in this draft and then two in the following draft. I guess it would only be one because of the San Jose trade for Carlson. But you get what I'm saying. If you've got three first-rounders in the next two years, I'm not worried about who I can take that's going to help Sidney Crosby. You can trade. I'm thinking what can I get for those picks if I package them together and then maybe now you're helping the roster, and then you're also considering you're not having to pay Gensel $11 million, you go on the free agent market and you spread that out to a couple of players. I agree that they should probably do right by Crosby. I just think you, me, and TK all have different ideas of what that means. You guys are saying, try to win now, stand pat, you're kind of hot, you've won three in a row, the power plays turn things around, and I'm saying I want as many opportunities as I can with Sid. Where do you come down on this? 412-928-9370. Switching gears here, Mike Garofalo, NFL insider. He's super tapped in because he works for the NFL Network, and they want those guys breaking stories. So he gets stuff right off the presses to the league. He says Mason Rudolph and his camp think there's going to be other opportunities out there for him. Now, Florio said, and we talked about this earlier on in the show, that the Steelers' plan is to have Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph be their quarterbacks next year. Doesn't sound like Mason's 100% bought into coming back to the Steelers. Yeah, that's the Steelers' plan. That's their outlook. It right? might not be Mason's plan. Right? Mason's plan is, I'm going to go to the best opportunity, and why wouldn't you? I mean, you're going to go to the best place that gives you a shot to, to either play or the best place that gives you the most money. Like... That's the Steelers' plan. They would love for that to happen. They would love for that to be the scenario as we know it. But that's not probably not Mason's plan, and rightfully so. I mean, you've been fed a bunch of lies that's through right. over the years, and if you're going to make more money and have a legit opportunity, I mean, you you have to. There's no what loyalty does Mason have to to Pittsburgh? If I were him, I would have absolutely none. I would give my services to the highest bidder. I, I think an argument can be made, okay, he led the Steelers to the playoffs at the end of last year. His teammates seem to respond to him. Deontay likes him. Pickens likes him. There's a split locker room because he was able to play well down the stretch. And so he's probably thinking Kenny gets hurt often, and they already like me there. I can maybe be a starting quarterback in Pittsburgh. But none of that stuff is a given. And if the money is more elsewhere, you follow the money. If the money is equal... I could see why he'd want to come back. So I think it just all comes down to the dollars and cents of it. If I were him, I'd have a hard time trusting them, though. Yeah. Like a, a big hard time trusting them. Especially a team that doesn't have a sauna. <laughs> and no daycare. Like, I'd be and the pissed. food's I'm, only B-minus. Right. I got a share facility with, with a team that I waxed seven years ago. 
Like, get out of here. I'm out. Give me a break. That's it. I'm going yeah. to Seattle. He was going to come back even though the Steelers have lied to him for years. Yeah. But then this Players Association <laughs> report came out, and he's like, you know what, dog? I want a sauna. Yeah, this cold tub's too small. <laughs> like, come on. What are we doing? I got to run into Pat Narduzzi every day telling him how bad I beat Pitt seven years ago. <laughs> right. I the, the thing that would actually tick me off more if I'm Mason than anything else, than anything else, Doran, is that they told me it was a competition with Mitch Trubisky, who we've all seen stinks at playing quarterback now at the NFL level. And then, not only do they sign him, I win the competition, and they give Trubisky the job, and then when Trubisky stinks, they give Kenny Pickett the job, even though he was the best guy in camp. And then another year goes by, Kenny Pickett gets hurt, and they throw the worst quarterback in the mix in there, too. My voice got really high there. I'm out. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm out. If the money's equal, fine. I get it. If if they pay me an extra half a mil, though, someplace else, thinking that I could have been out of the league, bro, I am gone, gone, gone. 412-928-9370. Keep giving us your celebrity encounters. The phone lines have popped. The text line is exploding. We'll get to those over the course of the show. But up next, in addition to that, Cam Hayward has been calling people out on social media. Why did he call a bunch of people crybabies? What made Cam Hayward call the lot of us crybabies? We'll tell you in a minute. But right now we're looking for your number one celebrity encounters. Mine was Richard Lewis, RIP. Doran was the Candyman, not John Candelaria. What's yours? 412-928-9370. We are in Pittsburgh. I feel like I got to throw that qualifier out there. And I also don't remember his real name. Who? The Candyman. Tony Todd. There it is. Tony Todd. But John Candelaria, it just brings up bad memories for me. Because you threw his card away because you were scared. Said the Candyman on it. There was a Steelers offensive lineman back in the day. I had a, a poster of like the Steelers roster on my wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had everybody's face. I can't remember who the offensive lineman was. He terrified me to my core. It looked like wherever I went in the room, he was staring at me. I'll go back and I'll find the roster. I'll find the guy. Scared the crap out of me. Like a sixth or seventh offensive lineman. Not one of the starters. What year do you think this was? I was 13. Two, two, oh, 2003. 2003, yeah. <laughs> Trey Essex? It was not Essex. I'll remember it. I'll remember it. I'll go back and look at the roster during a break. Jack in West Mifflin has his best celebrity story. Hey, Jack. Hi. Uh, back in 1951, I was 13 years old, and I did uh, uh, road work with uh, Ezra Charles, the champion of the world at the time. Whoa. In Ligonier, Route 30. And we, my my brother and I jogged along with him. And he was staying across from the Ligonier Beach. There was a bed and breakfast up there, and he took us up there and showed us some uh, fight movies and give us a snack. Oh, that is unbelievable! Back then, man, when you were the champion of the world, you also were probably like a plumber or something too, right? Like you probably had a second job or a third job just to make ends meet. Thank you, Jack. That's good. Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. Pat and West Mifflin, your best celebrity encounter. Uh, yes, I was uh, 13 years old. My dad was a Pepsi driver. Uh, he delivered to the uh, Mary Lemieux uh, golf tournament. Yeah, and he was uh, he did he worked at refreshment stands, and I'm not sure how, but he was able to bring me along with him. I mean, maybe he had to pull some strings, but I remember seeing uh, Michael Jordan 
uh, Charles Barkley walking mm-hmm. by, and he's nudging me to go out with a water and hand it to him. And, like, yeah, I mean, he really had to nudge me. You know, I was pretty nervous. But uh, I ended up calling, you know, Mr. Jordan, Mr. Jordan, handing him a bottle of water. I mean, he grabbed it. He said, thanks, buddy, and then kept walking. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to get an autograph or anything like oh, that. Oh, the but, story's uh, still good enough, man. Was that at Nevillewood yeah, or Oakmont? Uh, it was at Nevillewood. Right, right. I think I was at that one. It was like 94? Yes. Yes, yes. yes. They were playing together. Yep. I mean, I can't, can't remember exactly, but there was a lot of people. I mean, I met a number of celebrities, but uh, Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley for sure are the ones that stick out in my mind. Thank you, Pat. I'm sure his golf game did too. Do you think if you handed a bottle of water to LeBron James, that he would grab it better than Michael Jordan. That's what they would turn it into on first take on ESPN. Who grabs a bottle of water better? I was trying to think real hard. Michael Jordan or LeBron James? All right, we'll take one more right now. Best celebrity interaction, Maurice in the Penn Hills. What's up? Hey, guys, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, One time I was downtown uh, waiting on a bus, and I ran into uh, the actor Tom White. And he's the one that played the chief in the stage production here in Pittsburgh. I believe he's from Pittsburgh. And he was very engaging. He talked to me for about five, ten minutes just walking around the hotel. And he was also in the fog with Adrian Barbo. Yeah. And then- I think so you're meeting Tom, Tom Atkins. Yeah. Tom Atkins. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's him. And he was very, very pleasant. Well, thank you for the call. I, uh, I after the pit volleyball game that uh, we did, that I did, Rochelle and I, we went to Bistro 19 in, in Mount Lebanon. And I'm standing there, and there's this guy in front of me. And I see him turn. I see a side profile. And guess who it was? Tom Atkins. And I recognized him right away. And I was real excited to meet him. He was with his wife eating dinner. And I was telling him about all his movies, and he bought her dinner. Really? Uh-huh. See, that's the thing, Doran. They say never meet your heroes. I disagree. I think if you got a shot, you got to take that shot. And if they're jerks to you, they're jerks to you. But more often than not, people are people. And you'll never forget it for the rest of your life when something like that happens. This is not really a celebrity encounter. But I was at a local Mount Lebanon restaurant. And one of the most beautiful women I had ever seen in real life comes walking in. And my wife and I are both like, oh, my God. Like, are you lost? Like, you're not in Miami. You're not in L.A. Hello. Two minutes later, Minka Fitzpatrick walks in. It was, it was his girl. <laughs> yeah. Best celebrity encounters, 412-928-9370. We'll keep taking these over the course of the show, and you can text us, 412-928-9370, and tweet us, brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Why did Cam Hayward call everybody crybabies? He says you're a crybaby if you're bitching, moaning, and complaining about that fumbling the ball roll. Where if you fumble the ball through the end zone, it's a change of possession and then a touchback. He says, it's a football play. You're a bunch of crybabies. And I actually happen to agree with him on that one. For whatever reason, that has become one of like the most controversial rules in sports. And I don't get it, Doran. Like, I think you just, you value the football at the goal line. Like People will say, if you fumble it out of bounds at the 40, you don't have to give the ball to the other team. Yeah, that's because the 40 is different than the goal line. There should be a significant penalty if you're attempting to score and you don't. Yes. It's not like the league, I know that this year was a little down, but it's not like the league has been starved for points. If you were desperately trying to create offense, the rare occasion where this happens, then I could say, 
yeah, it makes sense if you fumble it and you still get to keep the ball. Like, if you want touchdowns, if you want the numbers to be inflated, fine. They're not, they don't need that. I get the rule. Don't fumble it through the end zone. I'm with Cam Hayward. Though he's kind of gone off on people uh, on social. You've seen this? I, I'm with him, but if you change that rule, then you have to change the safety rule in, in some ways, right? Why I, so? I don't know, because, I mean, it's about being in that end zone. Like, if you get tackled in the back of the, the you know, in, in the opposing team's end zone, mm-hmm. it's points. If you fumble, then you get the ball. Like, I feel like they go kind of hand in hand. Yeah, it would be, there could be a, a, a slippery soap slope going there. Easy for me to say. Slippery soap. Did that make sense? No. It didn't? Not to me, but it might have made sense to other people. Like, the, like if you tackle somebody in the end zone, yep. you get points for it. Correct. And you get the ball. If you fumble uh, out of the end zone, you get the ball. Yep. So they, they kind of go hand in hand. So if you're going to change one rule, it's essentially like, two points different. You, you know, it's the same thing. I just think it, it's stupid that in a league where every year – we add rules and we take some away. Every year the rule book gets combed over and changed to change something like this too. Like, can we have an NFL offseason where nothing changes? No. I know. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Soccer is the most popular sport in the world. They did the whole VAR thing. The rules are the same. They haven't changed rules in like a century. You don't need it. Baseball needed it. Baseball needed the pitch clock. Baseball needed some of these changes that they made. And the game is now quicker. And pitching changes, you can't make as many of them in the same inning. Stuff like that. That all makes sense to me. The NFL has eyeballs. And that's part of the problem is they know no no matter what they change, we're still going to watch. We don't need to change the NFL every offseason. I have more of a problem with that than just the specific rule that Cam Hayward's talking about. But I also think it's stupid that people would be looking to change that rule. Value the ball at the goal line. Tom and Allison Parks got a celebrity encounter. Hello, Tom. Good day, gentlemen. How are you? Good day. So this would have been in 2019. This was at the Comic-Con down in Monroeville there. And we had left to go. There's a hotel right beside it. And a buddy of mine, and I don't know if you gentlemen know that – you can drink at the Comic-Con. They serve beer Correct. There. Well, so, you better. Correct. <laughs> so we end up uh, going to the hotel just to walk around. And we got into the elevator, and my buddy and I, were, we look over, and it's Trish, Strat- Trish Stratus. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> uh, my, my one buddy, he happens to have a, a certain card for the state. So he goes over to Trish, and he's been at, he was asking all the celebrities, like, the whole night like hey you want to you want to hit this and it, it's a vape pen and um <laughs> trish stratus starts to grab it and there was a lady that was with her and she she goes no what is that no 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 <laughs> so she, she, we, we she stops her so we get off of the elevator on the floor that she gets off on we're not staying in the hotel we're just walking around and Nev Campbell and the one girl that was in the movie Half Baked was right there in front of us as soon as we got out of the, the elevator. And I started yelling. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Nev Campbell. I'm, like, freaking out. <laughs> well, they didn't like it. And next thing you know, there was, like, some guys that were coming to talk to us. So we took off. I get in an elevator. I come out right out the front door. I sit down on a bench. And some guy comes out. And I tell you, I look right in his eyes. He's like, 
did you, were you just up yelling at a couple ladies? I said, no, I've been sitting out here the whole time. <laughs> he looks right at me and he, he, he wants to say something. He's like, all right, uh, okay, thank you. As I'm sitting down on the bench, I'm sitting with a gentleman, we're talking, um, and this guy's wearing something that like Andy Warhol would have worn in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Eccentric. I'm talk- yeah, I'm talking to this guy and ends up being a Steelers fan. We're talking Duck Hodges because I think that was the year Duck was around. And then he goes and gets into like an Uber with Jamie Ke- – I think his name is Jamie Kennedy. And I, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, does that guy look familiar? I look up the list on Comic-Con. It was Robert Patrick, the cop from Terminator 2. Oh, yeah. yeah. T-1000. Thank you for the call, Tom. That I mean, bang, 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 that is, bang. That is, yeah, that's a lot. All I got to say is I think security, well within their rights, if you're going to walk up to beautiful, famous women and say, you want to hit this, you know what you're doing. Yes. It's a hell of a line, though. Mm-hmm. You want to hit this, you gauge their reaction. And then, I was just talking about my jewel here. Right, 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 right. All right, we could take more of these, 412-928-9370. But coming up next, we've got our Bradenton Bucko Breakdown, Doran. Sponsor to come. Who's pitching today for the Bucks? It's a big one. Ah, you know what that music means. It's the Bucko Bradenton Breakdown. Or is it the Bradenton Bucko Breakdown? Whatever you want. Sponsor coming soon. Yes. It's not Breakdown Bucko Bradenton. No, it's not that. It's that one much of the first we know. two. One of the first two. I said it yesterday, I'll say it again. When this music is playing, it takes me back to being an 11 year old chap. The Pirates just lost. This music's playing. Up on the scoreboard, tomorrow's probables. Josh Fogg v. Randy Johnson. Thank you for attending this Major League Baseball game. That shouldn't make me feel good, but it kind of does. Mm-hmm. Bad nostalgia is still nostalgia. Go Bucks! Yesterday, spring training. Some of the notables. Biggest, biggest, biggest storyline for me, Doran. Quinn Priester, two innings. Zero earned. Zero hits. One strikeout, fastball was sitting 93-94. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can build on that. Yeah. So if you're keeping score at home, two days ago, Luis Ortiz, good. Day before that, Rowanzi Contreras, not so good. Those are the guys battling for the final rotation spot, and maybe two of them make the rotation. If I'm doing the math correctly in my head, Mitch Keller, the two lefties, yep. Yep. So it's encouraging to see that Quinn Priester, through one start in only two innings, looked good. It was a big day for the pitching staff, Doran Dickerson. Jared Jones, big-time prospect for the Bucks, One and two-thirds, no earn, two strikeouts. And then we know that this bullpen is expected to be dynamic. Aroldis Chapman, one inning, did give up a run, three strikeouts in one inning. So he's on that Aroldis Chapman stuff. Also didn't walk anybody. His walk rate last year really high. Colin Holderman. One inning, no earn, two strikeouts. The only blip for the uh, bullpen guys, Dari Moretta, one inning, two earned runs, one strikeout. Shall I flip over to the lineup? Yes, sir. Nick Gonzalez and Jared Triolo went 0 for 3. Two guys vying for that second base job. It sounds like Triolo is going to make the club, though. Like Neil Walker seems to feel that way. John yes. Wainer seems to feel that way. Kind of as a... Utility. Yeah, utility guy who does a little bit of everything. Hopefully he can work out like Josh Harrison a few years ago. That might be pie in the sky, but that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Connor Joe, one for two with a home run. He's going to be part of that first 
first base platoon with Rowdy Telez. Telez? Telez. Rowdy. Today, though, the big news. Paul Skeens takes the bump for his first Pittsburgh Pirates spring training start. Let's go! Yeah, that's exciting. You can hear the game, I believe, on KDKA AM. I am super irritated, however, though, that the game's not going to be on TV. Right, right. I mean, I, I I would love to see him in action, but to be able to listen to it still, I, I, I'm going to take that. I just want to – I want to know. Yeah, I want to know. Whether it's one inning, two innings, I don't know what it's going to – I mean, you don't know what it's going to be, but I just want to know to see if he uh, – can do it. I want the A lineup. I believe it's the Orioles they're playing today, Callis. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, thank you. I want the A Orioles lineup in there. I just want to see what he's got against those guys. Right. I want to see if it plays. I'm hoping we're going to get crazy velocity readings from him. Yes. I'm hoping he whiffs a couple of dudes. I hope he pitches so well this spring. He's not going to be on the opening day roster. But I hope he pitches so well this spring that they have to think about it a little bit. And Pompiani said this weekend he wouldn't be shocked if Skeens weren't up until 2025. What? I disagree with that. I think if he shoves the way we expect him to, he'll be up midseason. If he struggles, I still think he'd be up in September just to get a taste. Mm -hmm. I can't see that he'd be down there until 2025, especially if they're going to be better than they were last year, and I think that's legitimate. I think they have a good chance to be better than last year. They've got a longer, healthier lineup. Their bullpen is solid. I think they have three, one good, two okay starting pitchers. They should be in it. So he should be up. But looking forward to that today. That was your Bradenton Bucko Breakdown. Coming up at 845 in our next segment, Doran. There's a guy out there that is or should be coveted by a bunch of teams in Major League Baseball that now says he'd be willing to play for a lower cost. Should the Pirates be interested in that guy? We'll get to that coming up next. But what's your best celebrity interaction? The phone lines have exploded on this, Doran. So we're going to talk to the people. 412-928-9370. Craig in the car, hello. Hey, guys, how's it going? You tell me, Good. buddy. So a couple this is like 15, 16 years ago. I'm down at the Orioles game in Camden Yards, and my buddy's got suite tickets. And right next to the suite is Pat Sajak from, from Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. And I wanted to see if I could get a picture, but the guys that were in RC were like, don't bother. He doesn't really like taking photos. And this is, you know, digital camera era before cell phone selfies. And so I try and frame myself. He's sitting in the back couch, like in the back of his suite, trying to frame myself like I'm taking a photo of myself and I'm taking a picture of him. But I had probably one too many uh, prior to this point. And I'm <laughs> taking the picture and screwing up. Finally, I get the picture, turn around, look at the thing. He's flipping me the bird. No way. Stop it. <laughs> Pat Sajak flipped you the bird? Yeah, I'll, I'll tweet you the picture. Yes, yes please. please do. Do you care if we retweet yeah. that as well? No, I don't care. Oh, that's awesome. That is so good. Thanks for the call, Craig. <laughs> okay, I, I can't believe what I'm about to do. Is he? It, did Sajak die? No. Sajak's still with us? That's Alex Trebek. Is Barker with us? No. So we lost Barker and Trebek. Yes. But we have Sajak. Yes. Is he still doing Wheel of Fortune? He's re retiring. I think he either already retired or he's retiring like in a couple months. I get all those three confused. I feel bad about it. I I'm, I don't want to kill him off. I didn't know the answer to that question. I, was, I, I thought about not asking it. 
I'm happy to hear he's still with us. And I'm happy to hear he's flipping the bird. That is funny. That sounds like more of a sense of humor thing than a an angry thing, right? Sense of humor, for sure. Yeah. He caught him taking a picture and was like, look at this. How about this? <laughs> Bang, there's the bird. Kind of like Bostick did to me the other day on camera. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll do one more of these. Tony in Greensburg had a celebrity encounter he wants to talk about. What up, Tony? Hey, fellas. Uh, not much of a celebrity, but I think you Crowley, you'll like this because you like to have a good time. And Doran, some of the terms I'm going to throw out are going to take you back about 15 years to when you were at Pitt. So I played uh, football at Pitt myself, and we were in Peter's Pub. In June of 2017, you know, we went out. R.I.P. Peter's Pub. In the summer. And I'm in there, and we're drinking, and I got I ordered a round of Panther Bombs, which Doran would know. And so I got to take a leak. So I stopped, step away to go to the bathroom. And who's in there taking a dump? But Oli Mata. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like. I've heard oh, of the Murphy dump, not Mata, the Mata dump. Pittsburgh. And I'm from Pittsburgh, so I know who Oli Mata is. Okay, and this is when they won their second cup to go back to back. So I go out and I realize that somebody had left, so I have an extra shot. So here comes Oli Mata, already drunk. If you remember the picture of him on the desk later that day, he comes to me. I say, "Hey, Oli, I got an extra shot. You want to do a Panther bomb with us?" So he comes over, takes down the Panther bomb, and gives the old post drink, and then walks out. And then later that day. Or maybe later that week, I can't remember the parade. You know, he's he there. He is laying on his back. <laughs> yeah, getting yeah. sunburned just in the just the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah. The the late July sun just beating down on him. June sun, excuse oh, me. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. I uh I got really really nervous with that call. Why? Yeah, he played football at Peter's Pub. And I was thinking, <laughs> like, oh, what did I do? You know what? You're right. Your your face like, with every passing detail, you got <laughs> more pale with every detail. And whenever he said taking a dump, I was like, okay, we're good because I've never taken a dump at Peter's Pub. I actually have. What? I I actually that's have. Sick. It's so funny you say that. That's that's gross. West Virginia Pitt when they got the basketball game back going again. First one was at Peters. The first one was at the Peterson Event Center, excuse me. And so West Virginia fans, we had taken over the top of Peters Pub for a West Virginia party, and there were Pitt fans downstairs, and we would intermingle. It was a great time. I had to go. There was no toilet paper. Oh no. Our mutual friend Wes made sure nobody entered because the door didn't lock. There was no TP. I used my sock. I swear to God. You're sick. I swear to God. That's just sick. Up next, the price coming down on a big-time free agent pitcher. Should the Pirates kick the tires? We'll talk about that coming up next. All right, before we get into a starting pitcher that all of a sudden might be now in the Pirates' price range, at least that's what my wishful thinking tells me, I got to clear something up. Because I told the story about how I used a sock to clean up after I went to the bathroom at Peter's Pub. Someone said, did you put the sock back on? No. Of course I did not put the sock back on. That's just still sick. It is sick, but when you got to go and there's no toilet paper, what are you supposed to do? I mean, that's an honest question. I could have said go get napkins, I suppose. Yeah. But I had a guy guarding the door for me because it didn't lock, and I was afraid that someone would walk in. I did what I had to your to survive. Under, your underwear is cloth as well, so I don't understand the... I could have done the underwear, but you got to wipe. So what happened was I threw the sock away, obviously. But then I was walking around the pub after that, and it felt weird with only one sock, so I wound up throwing the other sock away, too. 
50-minute mark on the fan is brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Route 19 in Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Did I clear that up now? We got a better picture of what happened to me no, at Peters Pub. Your sock wasn't cleared up. I feel bad for your sock. We just move on. John Heyman, NFL, or excuse me, Major League Baseball insider. I'm rattled. John Heyman talking about Blake Snell, who all of a sudden might be available at a lower cost. There was some news today, uh, a couple days ago, with Blake Snell, as I reported in the New York Post. Uh, Snell is willing to do one of those Bellinger-type deals, short-term deal with opt-outs. They did talk to the Yankees about this, so I'm sure they're willing to do it with other teams as well. And, you know, I think it does make sense for them, a high AV uh, with opt-outs. The issue for the Yankees with a short-term deal is the high AV means a higher tax. That's really the big issue, but uh, certainly if you give them opt-outs after year one and opt-out after year one and you've given up draft choices uh, to sign him, that isn't a question as well. All right, so there you go. Blake Snell, who I'm fighting every urge every time I say his name, not to call him former pirate Ian Snell. Blake Snell not going to sign that mega deal, it doesn't seem like. Which means you could get him on a flyer, like Bellinger with the Cubs, who's got an opt-out after one year, an $80 million deal over three for Bellinger. What are we talking, one year 25 mil? One year 30 mil? Go for it. I agree. I absolutely agree. The Pirates have now shown a willingness to spend money to keep their own. That's really good business. When you feel like you've got a good core, you keep your core here for the long haul. They've done it with Key Brian Hayes. They've done it with now Mitch Keller. They've done it with Brian Reynolds. The next step is go out and add to the roster. And if you don't have to make a big-time, long-term commitment for a guy, you just have to eat a one-time payment, why not give it a shot? The Pirates' projected payroll right now, dude, is $69 million. In 2015, their payroll was right around $100 million. Mm-hmm. If you got them for a $30 million deal, for this season, your payroll is $100 million again. It's absolutely doable. He'd have to want to come here and not want to go someplace else, which, okay, I could understand why you'd want to go to the Yankees because they're probably a Blake Snell away from going to the World Series. If you're Snell, you believe in your abilities, you're probably thinking the Pirates are a Blake Snell away from making the playoffs. I'd pick a World Series over the playoffs. like So they might try this, and it might not work, but I absolutely would try it. Yes. Because think about it. Yeah. Snell, Keller, the two lefties, and then whoever wins the Rowanzi Contreras, Luis Ortiz, Quinn Priester battle, and then halfway through the year, you got Paul Skeens. Yeah, as your third. Why not? Mm-hmm. I say that a lot with the Pirates. Why not? I say it a lot with every team in town. I've said it about Russell Wilson. I've said it about Justin Fields. I said it about Eric Carlson, and that happened. We're not talking about pushing your payroll up into the, the middle of the pack either. Like, the 18th highest payroll in Major League Baseball last year was $118 bucks. You would still be bottom eight, if memory serves correctly, in Major League Baseball if yep. you're sitting around 100. Yep. It's doable. He'd have to say yes, you'd have to be interested, but I think they could be a favorite in the NL Central if they made a move like this. And we've talked about Bauer, too. That would not be cost prohibitive. You could get him on the cheap. You'd have to deal with the PR hit, but you could get a guy like that. They just need to add a guy to the rotations, yeah. all I'm saying. one more. Because as, uh, 
The Mitch Keller deal, dude, makes me feel so good about the direction of this franchise. It really does. They're willing to lock up their own. But it does not help this year's team. He was going to be here regardless. Get one more starter. One more starter. Push you over the edge. Up next, you've got the NFL Players Association survey. We kicked it around earlier. What do we make of it? We'll talk about that. But also, Dorn, we've got some breaking news we've got to address. Oh, yeah? Some big-time breaking news. Okay. It's a great day. It's a sad day in a way as well. We'll talk about that coming up next. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Today, high 38. 